Hey everyone, Adam here and welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited about today, or am I? Because we're going straight for the back pocket today, straight for the wallet. And I know that's everyone's favorite topic. And actually, if we were to say this like Jesus, he would say he's going straight for the heart. Because Jesus often uses our wallet to show us what our heart is really like, right? Um, and so, uh, just so you know, uh, teaching for a church leader on giving is a lot like teaching kids how to share. Um, you ever done that? Parents, I know, <laughs> I know you understand. If you don't have kids, then, well, just watch a parent teach their kids, try and, uh, try and share, right? Cause they know it's the right thing to do. Like, I know we need to teach on giving, um, but it's like in the moment, it's just rough, right? Because the kids are furious at each other. They just, it's just tough to deal with, you know, and, and, and they don't want to do it. They don't share. It's like people don't want to give. And, and so it's tough and it's a mess. And when you go straight for the wallet or like Jesus says, straight for the heart, um, it's oftentimes it can be a little bit messy. But hey, that's not going to happen today, right? Because actually, Trinity Life, in the history of Trinity Life, we've had some really generous people at this church. And I'm actually really proud over the course of 10 years um, at, at our people um, for giving the way they have. Now, let's not get it too, um, too, too twisted here. This church has also always relied on fundraising from the leaders and the leadership team. Always, okay? So we've never been fully supported by the giving of the church, and that is true this year as well. We need significant help uh, from us as a church, and we will need to continue to give over and above sacrificially to make this thing happen if we're going to keep going together as a family. Um, and that's because we always have wanted to be bold. We've always wanted to push to the, to the max of our ability. Um, and we've always been generous as a church organization. So uh, people collectively give to Trinity Life Church and then the leaders distribute and budget and make sure that gets handled properly. And part of that has always been the church has been also very generous with its finances as well. So we model what we uh, expect from our people. And so we've had uh, Generous people outside the church contributing to make this happen. We've had generous people inside the church contributing to make this happen. We've had faithful leaders um, who have done all of that to make that happen. And so very thankful all around for the story and experience of Trinity Life Church when it comes to money and finances. So kudos to us. Kudos to you. Let's see if we can continue to write a beautiful story together. And, uh, and so, well, here we are. We're talking about money today. And like I said, it's a lot like teaching kids how to share. No one likes doing it, but we always just got to jump in and get it done, right? And that's, there, this is twofold reasons, right? Number one, this is for uh, the sake of the future, Right. And so when parents are teaching their kids how to share, it's because they're looking forward into the future and they're envisioning the type of uh, person they want their child to become. Somebody who's considerate and kind and doesn't 
grasp and hold on, doesn't think of their own feelings or preferences too much, right? Uh, they want them to be able to freely enjoy other people's joy. And I don't know about you, but the type of people that I see who are like that are the most happy generally, right? Um, but it also helps solve the problems of right now because in the dealing with the kids wanting this toy, that toy, right? Hey, but I want this and he wants that. And, uh, you know, there's an immediate problem to be solved too, right? And so at Trinity Life, we have visions for the future and the future of the people we want to become individually, but also corporately. And we also have things to solve right now, right? We need to get through this budget year. We need to make up some deficit. We need to lean in and be generous for the future who we're becoming and also for the right now, okay? Um, and uh, like when it comes to money, like when it comes to kids sharing, often when the fighting starts, especially, you know, with, with my kids or the, the, you know, we have a bunch of kids in our house, um, it's because the, they, one, they forgot that they were creating something or had the opportunity at least to create something beautiful together. And they started focusing on their individual comforts and preferences, right? I like this toy or I wanted that one or, you know, this happens all the time. The second one kid picks up a toy, all the other kids are like, ooh, that's a valuable toy. We're funny creatures like that, aren't we? Right? I want that toy. And then that's when, ah, no, you give it to me here and I had this first and all that. <clears throat> we forgot we were creating something beautiful together. We focused on our individual comforts and preferences. Right. But and we're calling this today friends and giving friends and giving, because when we're friends, giving gets way easier, way easier. Like when I have a friend in front of me, we're going out for dinner. It's way easier for me to say, hey, man, let me get this. Let me get this today. I just want to bless you. Right. Um, whereas if it's a total stranger, you say, ah, well, you know, do I know them? Will the, is this an investment in the future? Like, do I want this relationship? Do they have to meet X, Y, Z standards? Do they have all these ducks in a row? Or, you know, if you go to job interviews the same way, right? They got their 50K or their 70K. Or if, you know, if you're really smart, they got 100K sitting there. And who do we give this to this year? You know, and there's very reciprocal cause and effect. We give them 100K, they give us X, Y, Z, right? And we do that sometimes. Um, but when we're friends, there's less, way, way, way less of that. Way less expectation, right? Um, and it's way more fun. Like when everyone contributes and everyone participates or is able to participate because everyone gives, it's just way more fun, amen? Um, and so... First, we know, we know that Jesus likes talking about money a lot, okay? And I apologize, guys, for not being like Jesus in this regard uh, and not talking about money more. I should, I should talk about it more with you guys. Um, so please have grace and forgiveness for me. We can, we can change that up in the future if you want. Um, but here are some examples, right? Jesus teaches us to trust in God not in money. This is Matthew 6, 24, right? You can't serve both God and money. You spend most of your time praying for, thinking about, earning, working for, reading about, 
checking out YouTube, learning how you can get it, uh, doing 10 side hustles, all based around money, your hobbies, all right. If it's always based around money, this person owes me that I need to make sure this is even Stevens and interest and this and that, right? You can't serve both. You can't serve both. You serve Jesus or you serve money. And so you pick, right? Uh, he also teaches we can't store up our treasures on earth because that's where, that's where the rust and the moth steals and destroys. Right? He says instead, lay up treasures in heaven. Lay up treasures in heaven where it's indestructible and no thief can get in or steal it from you, right? Because guys, our economic system, is there's no salvation in it, right? The stock market goes up and down. Sure, we've had one of the biggest bull markets we've had in forever, but guess what, right? That eventually reaches a peak, and then you have recession. And then maybe even depression. You never know, right? Like in the U.S., everyone thought it was safe to own gold because we own a gold-backed currency, don't we? Took that away in the 70s, <laughs> limited how much gold everyone was allowed to have, right? Just be careful, you know? Government could confiscate all your gold. Whatever you think is safe, wherever you think you can store things, something, if it's in this world, you can't take it with you. The only thing you take with you, which is why Jesus exhorts us this way, Matthew uh, 6, people and memories. People and memories. Think about that. What do you want to take with you? For me, I'm going to take people. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to put my life into uh, seeing people meet Jesus. And I'm going to have some great times with those people. And we're going to cry together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to play together. It's going to be great. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be good. Because all you take with you ever is people and memories. He teaches us to be content in what we have. Luke 3.14, he tells the soldier, hey, you know, don't extort money from people, you know? You have your pay. You have what you need, you know? In Luke 12, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Give to the poor, right? Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. And the, and the rich young ruler walks away sad. He just can't do it. He can't do it. Use your resources for the kingdom. We have the parable of the talents, right? Here's a talent. Go do something for the kingdom with it, right? A talent being uh, an amount of money back in the times of the scriptures, right? One guy just buries it in the ground just so we can't lose it, right? And one guy invests and he turns it tenfold, you know? Wow, amazing. Right? Invested for the sake of the kingdom. You know, some people argue, well, this doesn't exactly directly deal with money. But I would say, hey, it also includes money, doesn't it? Doesn't it? If it includes everything else, it should also include money. Money can make things happen for the kingdom. You can employ, employ some pastors to help a church organization. You can fund missionaries. You can give to neighborhood efforts and um, helping local families. Money can accomplish some things for the kingdom for sure. So let's invest it and let's see the kingdom of God come. 
teaches us to give sacrificially, right? See, Jesus saw an old lady put in two pennies. As she gave more than all of you, all of you religious folks. You even tithe out of your spice rack. Right? You tithe so precisely, so religiously, so exactly. But this poor widow, two pennies, everything she had, she tithed 100%. She gave more than all of you. Give sacrificially. And give to God what is God's and Caesar what is Caesar's, right? So pay your debts, pay your taxes, earn an income, give to God what's God's. What is God's though? That's the question. What is God's? Good question to ask. Good question to ask. You know, a lot of people have gone through different ways to figure out what does giving mean in the Old Testament, New Testament? What does it mean for Christians today? Do Christians still tithe? All these types of questions. And look, probably where this argument settles is something like, well, you should at least tithe. That's just Old Testament 10% giving. That's a good baseline, right? Um, Because then it goes from 10% to... uh, Giving to the feasts and festivals. That's probably about another 10%. So there you go, 20% in the Old Testament. And then you have all the, um, the offerings over the top. You have the gleanings um, of the fields. And so this adds up probably to about 25%. Okay, So there's your Old Testament, 25%-ish. Um, and New Testament giving isn't that clear, right? Old Testament, very clear, right? But you can become like the Pharisees, tie that to your spice rack and be very proud that you got exactly, exactly the minimum done, right? But Jesus says, hey, we shouldn't think like that. Think like the old lady who gave the two pennies, everything she had, right? New Testament giving is, is generally calculated like this. Is it regular? Or do you just give sporadically? Ah, well, I'll do it when I have the chance. I'll wait for this check. Oh, but a mail and this person. Maybe I'll get them to drop it off in the mail. Or maybe I'll eat transfer this day. Or I don't know. Should I set it in my account? I don't know how to do this on time or whatever. Maybe, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever, once a year. I don't know. Like, well, just kind of once in a while. Who cares whenever I have extra cash? It's like, no, it should be regular, whatever that means for you. It should be generous, right? So that means it should be um, over the top. Sacrificial means it should hurt a little bit. You know, sure, there should be some things you cannot do because you are giving towards the mission of God and the kingdom of God. <clears throat> should be cheerful. Should be cheerful. We don't want your money if it's not given out of joy. Right? As an organization, we've always said this. We've always said this. And I've always said this. The money given at Trinity Life will be joy-filled money. And we don't need the rest. We don't need giving under compulsion. And so it's written into our covenant members thing that way. Right? Give your time, talents, and treasures. Give it cheerfully. Whatever you want. <clears throat> so here we are. So here we are. Right? When we address... Uh, so, okay, so there's some basic framework for how to think about some money, right? Um, and so it's about this time when you're sh- teaching the kids how to share and you give them a basic framework, right? And you tell them, teach them a couple things. And then what happens, right? Right after that, parents, jump in with me on this. What happens, right? We address sharing with the kids. And then the excuses come. Aha, 
but I had it first, but they did this or that to me, but I wanted to X, Y, Z. That's when the excuses come. And we know this, we know, right? And, um, and in our house, we, you know, we tried to help alleviate some of the excuses. Hey, like, you know, it's just like, you know, at least give like a time frame. You know, you don't have to, sure, you can still play with it a little bit, but, you know, you can play with it another one minute or two minutes or, you know, five minutes. Or is it a really special day? Because it's your birthday, it's a brand new gift. And so, you know, you can have it all day, but tomorrow they can maybe play with it, right? So give a time frame, you know. Um, it's like, okay, I'll give it to you in two minutes when I'm done, right? But even this can become the eternal excuse. Two minutes, two minutes. And so two minutes goes by. It's like, all right, hey, it's been two minutes. Can you share now? Well, two, two, two minutes, right? <laughs> we just, we get so funny about our excuses, you know? And this is our tendency as adults, is it not? Right? Well, I just want to make this one purchase or maybe after I finally moved into that place or maybe when I'm done university or maybe after we have kids and we see how the money works out or maybe oh, on that next paycheck, it's just a little tight right now, you know, and I know, I know I've worked a few extra hours on the next paycheck and doesn't God want me to be happy anyways? Like, doesn't God want me to have this, you know, or God knows I need X, Y, Z. I need to go to all those concerts this summer or I need that PlayStation 5 or I need that cable TV and I need, right? We're really, we're pretty, we're the same. We're the same. It's, uh, <clears throat> but hopefully, hopefully we can have the heart of that old lady and just being willing to put in our 100%. Now, don't walk out of here saying, hey, Pastor Adam told me to give 100%, so, you know, I will, right? <laughs> That's not exactly what I'm saying. There should be a willingness, you know, and you should pray with your spouse or, you know, and discern with your R3, hey, you know, I could, do this and that. You guys see my life, you know. What do you think about the way we live? Could we be more generous, more sacrificial? You know, I'm giving this much right now. Do you have those open, honest conversations or not? Probably not, right? We don't generally like to invite people in on our finances. And I, I know, I know that. I know it's it's awkward. It's tough. It's, it can be embarrassing sometimes, either because we don't really give very much, or maybe it's just because we don't really make very much. And you know, chances are people probably make a similar amount to you. And so it's probably not that embarrassing after all, right? Um, and it's only like, just think about where you're on in your journey, you know? And you're on your journey. You're not on someone else's journey. So you don't have to be embarrassed if you feel like you don't make so much or whatever, right? Like you are on a unique journey that God is bringing you on. And guess what? I'll just encourage you with this. He who is faithful with little is given much. That's especially relevant for the excuse-making side of our hearts, right? And I have that too. We all have that. He who's faithful with a little is given much. And so you can strive and you can toil and you can hold on and you can make excuses. When instead, if you just ask God to change your heart, make you cheerful and generous, and you just give and give and give, he who is faithful with little is given much. And so the way to more is actually to give away. The pathway to abundance 
is generosity. Sacrifice. Now, that's no guarantee that in this life, if you give away $100 a month for 20 years, that eventually you'll be a millionaire, right? I can't promise anything. And sometimes the world will just take you out, man. And it'll, it'll be hard and unexpected. But what I've noticed ever since I started giving, no matter how tight, no matter how abundant, I've never been without basics, the basic needs we've needed. Job, my small business clients, Ever since I took a leap of faith to start a small business, little side hustle thing I do on the side, right? I've always had clients coming in. Even I could book out six clients in a row and, and then get nothing for those six months. And I get right to the last date till next month I have no bookings and then boom, 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 boom. It'll all line up again. I didn't need to stress. I didn't need to have anxiety. Sure, I need to put in the work. I'm just saying, God, somehow provides and takes care. Ever since I had that shift in my heart and ever since, and not just shift in my heart, because what a shift in the heart means is that my body is aligned with what my heart desires and what my mind values. Okay? Those things all aligned. And we were generous. And I've never been without need. Whether it's through the community of faith that's provided in hard times or friends or family or just random instances throughout the world and time together. We've never been without need. Me, my family, my kids. It's been amazing. And thank you, because I bet one of you out there is somebody who's contributed to us in our time of need. And so thank you for that. <clears throat> See, if we put our trust in the ways of the world or macroeconomics or uh, whatever it is, um, if you put your faith in that, it will go wrong. You put your faith, hope, trust in God. So far, and I know many people like this, not just me. There's many older, more faithful people than me who literally have given away everything they own multiple times in their life, multiple times in their life, and still been fine. Those kind of stories are amazing and inspire me. But important word for us. We are about to transition into the book of Nehemiah. Okay. We're going to read through the book of Nehemiah. And this story is about the people of God emerging out of exile. And exile is not a place you want to be. It's not a place you want to be. You're under foreign rulers. You know, everyone around you is worshiping false gods. There's heavy restrictions, government overreach, oppression, depression, anxiety. You're not in your home. You're not with your people. You cannot freely worship your God or, or perform your cultural expressions. Exile is not 
the place you want to be. But the people of God find themselves in exile at the beginning of Nehemiah, and it is about their journey out of exile back to the promised land, the land that God had chosen for them and promised to them. The land represents God's promise, and it is their job to restore the city of God to the people of God and rebuild the walls, rebuild the temple, right? And the temple represents the presence of God amongst the people of God. And so we're going to go through that book together over the next, well, basically, you know, to the end of summer. <clears throat> and while God's people are in exile, he gives them prophecies. And one is like this, it comes from Isaiah 45. And I want to bless us, Trinity Life, with the scripture reading of today, Isaiah 45. And so we can read this again. And this is just how cool God can be, even in the worst circumstances like exile, right? And he says it like this to his people in exile. And this is, I just want to declare this over Trinity Life Church right now. I will go before you. This is God speaking. And level the exalted places. I will break into pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and, my, and Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other besides me. There is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form lights and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down in righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation and righteousness may bear fruits. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? Or, Your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, What are you begetting? Or to a woman, With what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the one who formed him, Ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the works of my hands? I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their hosts. I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and set my exiles free, not for price or reward, says the Lord of hosts. And here I want to focus on this one point. I will give you treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord. How amazing is that? Guys, how amazing. Let's put this another way. Let's put this another way. 
God is saying to his people, even in the worst times of their life, you can't even imagine what I have waiting for you. Don't forget who I am because you can't see and you can't even fathom what I have waiting. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places. And there's a reason that God acts like this. There's a reason he says things like this. That you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. At this juncture, and to wrap up our time together, I officially declare the launch of the 2023 Global Gift Campaign. We get to be friends in giving. Not just toddlers fighting over sharing, right? We get to be friends and do it together because the people of God are coming out of exile together. The people of God are restoring the presence of God, the city of God, the temple of God together. And it takes all of them playing their part and doing it well. And so I declare that we will officially launch starting uh, Easter Sunday, the launch of the Global Gift campaign for 2023. So what does that mean? Global Gift, global, local. We want to engage locally and globally in our DNA, Kingdom Disciples Engaging Society to see the church arise here in Toronto, but also in a hard to reach place in the world. Because we've been through a lot of transition and change, we need to rediscover where we are engaging in the world. And we need finances to do that. And so I would love to dream together and to create the resources together to engage our neighborhoods and to engage a place in the world that we will decide. And so I'd love for you to be a part of that. And so let's move forward together. Starting Easter, let's come up with creative ways in our R3s, okay, on how to accomplish this. And where are we going to go? Who are we going to meet? How are we going to meet them? What are we going to do to love them and live out the values of the kingdom? How are you doing that today in your own heart, in your own life? How's it going for you? Well, Let's see. Have fun eating together. Have fun answering some of these questions together. Have fun talking about finances. A, a, a thing that may have been traditionally hard for you or embarrassing for you may be full of life and freedom with your friends in giving in your R3. I bless you in Jesus' name to have a grace-filled, fun time together sorting this all out. And may kingdom abundance come your way as you seek the abundant life. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.